Welcome to the His Call Technology Podcast, where we are communicating tomorrow's business needs today. From just outside Nashville, Tennessee, join His Call as we discuss all things telephony, data, and infrastructure related to business leaders. Here we go. Hello again, this is Chuck. We opened episode 42 of the podcast, highlighting some startups that became billion-dollar companies. One of those companies was Mike and Terry's lawnmowers that evolved from distributing electric lawnmowers to manufacturing circuit boards for touch-tone receivers and eventually became a global leader in business communications with cloud, enterprise, and next-gen collaboration applications. Let me start episode 43 with another startup story that is today a multi-billion dollar company. Over 100 years ago, in 1911, a young, ambitious entrepreneur named Joseph Eaton invested in a new idea for transportation, the first gear-driven truck axle. The axle company was founded in Bloomfield, New Jersey, but moved to Cleveland, Ohio in 1915. Throughout its 100-year history, the company grew through continued innovation and diversification through acquisitions and mergers. The company expanded their expertise and product portfolio. Today, Eaton Corporation is a global leader providing intelligent power management solutions with nearly $20 billion in annual revenue. Eaton helps customers solve power management challenges through industry-leading electrical, aerospace, hydraulic, and yes, even steel vehicle products and services. On this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by a couple of HisCall's partners from Eaton to talk about uninterruptible power supply, or UPSs. Eaton is a leading provider of backup power UPSs. We cover solutions for nine common power problems. You will hear some of the worst enemies to UPS batteries, and we also get pretty technical about the differences in KVA and watts. So get out your pencil and paper. You may want to take some notes on this one. On with me is Bernie and Shelly from Eaton, and I'll allow them to introduce themselves and... uh, So we'll start ladies first. Shelly, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do at Eaton, and how long you've been there, and and anything else you want to say about yourself. Well, thank you, Chuck, for the warm welcome. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. I am Shelly Kincaid. I have been here with Eaton for about five and a half years. I am a inside channel sales manager or ISR, some of you guys may know. I am in the um, digital power and a distributed infrastructure segment. I support our um, power partners and um, resellers such as yourself and his call. I also am supported in the field by Barney, and I'm excited to be here to talk a little bit about, you know, Eaton and Power. Well, thank you so much for joining, and yes, you do give good support to his call, you and Bernie both. So, uh, Bernie, tell us about yourself, what you do, and that kind of thing. Fantastic. Uh, thanks for having me. Name's Bernie Rumpf. I am with Eaton now for uh, going on 14 years, I believe. It's a fantastic organization. My role is a partner development manager. Basically, um, I'm engaged by our partners. 
uh, go out on their behalf, meet with the end user, uh, do uh, discovery in the data center, load analysis, uh, help put that quote together. I can paint a, a three or a five-year picture. Uh, I've been uh, in the IT channel now for close to 30 years. I certainly enjoy working with his call. Well, we appreciate your support, and you've been to the HisCall Technology Showcase a couple of times at least, haven't you? I absolutely have. The partner roundtable, it's an interesting one where we, we get about five minutes to uh, put as much information as we can out on the table, and uh, by the time you get done, you, you've lost your voice. But, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, we called that speed selling, and for those that uh, have not been to the showcase and have experienced that. All of our vendors come into a, a room and are there together, and we, you get five minutes with each person. In the, you know, you blow the whistle, and you get five minutes to say what you got to say. Let them ask questions about what they want to ask questions about, and it's a lot of information all at one time. And I understand <laughs> it can wear your voice out. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Bernie, last time I, I think it may be the last time I spoke with you that we there was some bad weather coming in. You were hoping you would get to make it to a car show that weekend. Did you get to make it to the car show? I, I did. I, I bundled up. It was uh, it was just a little cold. That's all. Yeah, the, these days in spring in, in Charlotte are um, rather interesting. It starts out at thirty degrees and ends up in sixty or seventy. So it's right. <laughs> you never you never really know what's going to happen. You know what they say about the weather in, in Nashville. If you don't like it, stick around a minute. It'll change. <laughs> so Eaton is a large company. I mean, it is a big company and with a lot of different products. Do you guys specifically deal only with the power products? Well, me and Bernie do support our power management solutions. We do have, as you know, electrical. We have vehicle and manufacturing and aerospace. And while those are, you know, they do operate on their own separate islands, but it is a mindset called One Eaton. If we need a network or bring in other resources, we can definitely do that to help support the business. As you, you know, mentioned, yeah, we're uh, we're a pretty large company. We're about 85,000 employees. We do business in about 175 countries. Um, and we are a little over 100 years old. So, you know, we've been, you know, We've been really in it to win it and just driving, you know, the future of power management solutions and critical infrastructure technology um, into every aspect today. But for for me and Bernie, we do support that, you know, the power business, um, single phase, three phase up to about, you know, 300, 350 kVA. And then that goes over to our electrical division. So we do smooth handoffs and bring them in when needed to also assist in larger projects. In regards to power, I know when I, I go around, I see the Eaton on a lot of different power products. Today, we kind of want to focus in on the backup solutions, data center type solutions. So can we talk a little bit about why our listeners um, who would be IT folks would need to consider backup power, conditioned power, those kind of things? Why would they need to consider an Eaton UPS? Yeah, UPS is you know, uptime is is the name of the game. You know, I, I've been doing this now for again thirty years. When I first started, I, I remember if there was a, a power fluctuation, things would go down pretty hard, pretty fast. UPSs did come out on the scene. Single phase is, is the smaller side. Being able to keep that server up initially was uh, 
a quick sprint to the data center and uh, managed to shut things down as fast as you could. Mm-hmm. Um, these days, with the software that's uh, tied into everything and virtualization and, and you know, uptime, really is is the name of the game. Companies just just can't go down. Shelley was uh, alluding to um, you know the three phase business that we, we handle. Eaton does. We are number one in the three phase arena globally, keeping up some of the largest firms in in the country, you know, tier four data centers and alike. But down to your your smaller mom and pop type companies, again that that uptime is uh, is key. No one can really go down. Uh, web presence, e-commerce, you you can't go down, and if you do, you, you're losing a lot of money. So what uh, differentiates an, an Eaton UPS from from the rest of the pack? My competitors are are all basically throwing a, a trickle charge out to those batteries, and that that actually causes some some dilemmas. Number one being heat. So as those batteries heat up, they typically will end up swelling. Anybody that's had any interaction with um, with UPSs in a data center has probably experienced battery swell, trying to replace them and not even being able to get them to come out of the case. I've had some partners actually try to cut them out with a, with a grinder. <laughs> mm. um, not exactly the safest route, but um, some, sometimes you get, in a, get yourself in a pickle. The way in which we charge the batteries is, is fundamentally different. We patented a technology called advanced battery management. And what, what that's really doing, if you take a lot of the marketing talk off the top of it, is it's basically monitoring the temperature of the batteries. And I mean, there are algorithms that take place, but as the batteries heat up, we basically back off and allow them to cool down again. Uh, once the batteries have cooled down, we start charging again. And that extends the life of the battery tremendously the life upwards of five years plus you know our three and five series products do come with a three-year warranty that in- includes the battery that carries a lot of weight and various verticals that i, I deal with so i guess specifically the, the school districts and so forth you know a lot of times they'll, they'll go out and put out a bid for new ups's in the data center and in their closets throughout the school district if something goes wrong they're, they're kind of on the hook for trying to even getting a replacement can be difficult, budgets as tight as they are in some areas. So, you know, we really handle everything for that first three years with respect to the UPS, including the battery. So if anything goes wrong, you can get a new unit out to them. You can extend those warranties if you want it, take it out to five years or mm-hmm. even further. These are, these are things we can do because we really stand behind the product set. Well, thank you for that, Bernie. You said a couple of things in there. I wondered if we could define a little bit. Someone listening may not understand, for example, what is a tier four data center? Um, well, it's basically redundancy within the data center. Um, and again, that, that uptime is key. So, you know, if you have a data center that absolutely cannot go down, they, they break them out into various levels. So if you want to have redundancy in your generators, multiple feeds coming in from different utilities coming into the building, you, you can increase that redundancy and safety net, make sure you stay up with respect to power. Okay. Tier four would be a large data center with redundancy, and you guys can address the power needs in a tier four data center, but also down to small, medium enterprise. Yep, correct. One of the differentiators you mentioned is your competitors uh, do this trickle charge, and, and that is just providing a continuous charge on the batteries, um, and you mentioned that often causes the batteries to heat up. 
you know, I've encountered those batteries that have swelled. You can hardly get them out to change them, you know. Absolutely. If you looked at your cell phone as an example, well, some of the newer ones actually have, have charging you know, protection in there. But the, the older ones, you plug it in and, and come back to it after 24 hours or 48 hours and pick up your phone and feel that charger. And it. it's going to feel like you know, it's going to feel like the surface of the sun. It's an awful, awful. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's it's certainly not not a good thing. I mean, cold doesn't do a battery any good either, but Heat, I think, is is the number one enemy for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so the advanced battery management, you're charging and when detecting the temperature, and then you're stopping the charge to let the batteries cool mm-hmm. down, and then start charging again. Absolutely. Well, they're, they're, uh, it's it's a little more complex than that, but I think it paints a, a pretty clear picture. Um, I mean, there are algorithms again that take place, but you know, if you take that off the top and then you really kind of look at what's going on behind the scenes. That's that's what really is, is is taking place. I mean, it's basically monitoring the temperature of the batteries, and extending the life of the battery by completely cutting off charging and uh, allowing them to cool down before they start charging again. Okay, mm-hmm. and I know when we're when we're talking about eating UPSs, there are um, different uh, UPS types. Can we speak to that? And does the um, advanced battery management apply to each of the different types of UPSs that? that Eaton offers? It, it absolutely does. It, when you look at our, our models, uh, we have a, a three, a five, and a, a nine series. Those names actually correlate back to uh, nine common issues that plague everyone with respect to power, from power failures, sags, surges, under voltage, over voltage, and that, that list goes on. When you, you look at our models, our, our three series, which is a, a basic UPS standard, that's going to handle your, your three most common power problems. Our five series, which is a, a line interactive UPS, mm-hmm. you're going to handle the, the five most common. Um, so I believe that'll also handle the undervoltage and some line noise, giving a true sine wave going into that UPS. Now, there's some transfer time for a, for a line interactive. We, we can discuss that in a bit. But the transfer time is in milliseconds. So your, your most sensitive gear really isn't going to notice that there's been a, an interruption. From there, our, our nine series product is a, a true online double conversion UPS. What that really means is there's a rectifier inside. So that's as, as clean as you can get. Um, so it takes the power from AC to DC to AC again. So your device never sees wall power, never sees the receptacle on the wall. Again, it's as clean as you can get. You're going to pay a little bit more for that. You know, a lot of banks and so forth will basically have it in their their guidelines that that's that's what they need to have, um, mm-hmm. and that's what we offer. So mm-hmm. it, it, again, it's it's as clean as you can get. Yeah, I understand that. You know, you um, just talked about something that I did not know. I knew the models. I knew the three, the five, and the nine. But I did not know where those numbers came from and that mm-hmm. it related to the common power problems. Do you think we could we could talk about those common power problems like the three series? What are the three most common power problems? Yeah, I have no problem with that. We have a power failure and we have a power sag and what we call a power surge, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Barney, you're more than welcome to. So it's what we call classes of good, better, and best. You know, it's what we want to do. It's the levels of performance that we want to enable the best, you know, product 
for these um, issues. We technically have nine power problems, right? But we really want to look at primarily the first three. Um, and honestly, this is essential. The first level is our three series. If you been familiar with our Eaton product, you probably see part numbers that begin with a three. Um, that's an easy way to identify um, that this is the pretty much the most cost effective protection necessary in order to prevent damage, um, such as, you know, Bernie was talking about data loss or file corruption and hardware damage. What these UPSs do, they offer a degree of protection against the, you know, remaining six power problems as we work up into the five series or the nine series and the you know online and inline it really is important to make sure that we're sizing and picking the right eps for the challenges that you're receiving okay we can pretty well understand a power failure right that's when the, that's when the lights go out um what mm -hmm. about a power sag and a power surge that you mentioned uh, we might have listeners that say, you know what, I don't really know what a, is a power sag. I maybe can understand what a power surge is, but but maybe not. A, a sag is basically, uh, it's it's triggered by startup of a, a large load, some type of utility switching possibly. Lightning and power services can also contribute to that as well. Yeah, so I mean, you're going you're to have a, a dip basically. Absolutely. And we do see that sometimes, you know, especially in, say, the um, on factories where they may have, you know, say, large industrial printers for reasons or even hospital uh, machines they want to size a UPS for. It makes it very complicated sometimes because when you have that kind of power, especially that draw when it first starts up, um, that's what we call the fifth, you know, power problem over voltage, right? So when it starts up, like he saying you know that initial punch to the to the gut so to speak can mm -hmm. cause some damage if you're not careful and so that inline rush as we like to call it you know can really be a, a, a rush you don't want to experience so making sure that you know you have the proper uh, protection in place you know is to take that into consideration and not just the total load say of a ups is also important that's really good, Shelly, and I promise you, I don't want somebody punching me in the gut. It would cause it definitely would cause damage. <laughs> It'll bite. It will bite. You want to keep it. You want to keep it smooth. You want to keep it easy. I always say, you know, a lot of times people don't think about power until they need us. Mm -hmm. um, we have companies, you know, build us into your disaster recovery plans. Bring us in early, you know, help us work with the electricians, have these conversations with us. We understand that, you know, IT guys, we get it. It's power. You know, you're not always, you know, the power experts, but hey, this call, Eaton, we guys, we are. So it's really important to bring us in and then have that part of your plan. So you're covered on all aspects. Mm -hmm. Often a uh, customer will say, I don't want to spend that much money on a UPS. And I have to go into why I'm proposing what I'm proposing. And what I do, you know, in designing our communications networks, I seldom propose uh, the three series. I'm most often proposing, you know, in the fives and in the nine series, uh, depending on what I'm proposing to handle the, you know, the networking equipment, the voice equipment and that kind of thing. I've just stick with the five and the nine series. And sometimes I get some pushback because they're used to, seeing UPSs at um, some chain store or something like that, and they think they can go buy that. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's where having these conversations and knowing exactly, you know, what you're looking to get out of your, you know, your backup power, what you're looking to do. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, you know, you want to take a look at, you know, features. Do you need redundancy? Do you need, you know, how much runtime do you need? There's a lot of factors, even temperature, you know, how long of, you know, how long do you want the sitting? You know, is there other factors in play, you know, like circuits and, you know, all of that stuff, hardwired, you know, what are we looking at single phase, three phase, having all of this conversation. And really what we see in the field is a general online UPS. It has a lot to offer. CR9 series, um, we have them from lower KVAs to higher KVAs. And it is depending on how much you honestly need and having that wish list is always good. So we, we always want the biggest and the best, right? But when mm-hmm. it comes down to honestly getting down and budgeting, I don't want to sell you a UPS that's going to be too big or may not work for you. If you want to grow into one, let's have that conversation and making sure that your budget is spent to maximize your ROI for the investments that you need, apply the proper protection for the systems that our UPSs will be supporting and making sure that you have everything in place, you know, not just the UPS, but PDUs, you know, our, you know, we have network management cards, we have monitoring probes, we have software to help to manage that, you know, as well. And we want to make sure that we're having that full discussion to provide the best protection possible. And then we can build custom solutions based on budget, your needs, what, you know, your customers want and offer other options, you know, as well. And that's really important to know that not everybody is equal when it comes to power. So it's not one size fits all. Exactly right. Well, you you said uh, you said a lot right there, Shaley. A lot of really important things to consider. The additional features, you know, we've kind of been talking about power backup, but there's so much more to it. And the software is really important. We just had a that one of our uh, bank customers deployed software to monitor their UPSs, and they're uh, moving from a competitor UPS to you know standardizing on Eaton UPSs across the board at all their branches. And uh, the software's really been a big deal for them. Yeah, the, the software piece is, um, I would say, probably the, the second biggest thing. Charging technology for me would be number one. Uh, the software piece that we have has an awful lot of polish. You know, to be able to shut down gracefully and to email you and let you know that there's a, 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 been, a been a power disruption, as well as email you and let you know you can go back to bed because it restored itself and everything's back to normal. So mm-hmm. you don't have to go rush in and go see what's going on. So that, that makes a big difference too. Uh, I, I've been that guy at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> racing out to try to fix something. Yeah. So this software piece is fantastic in a virtualized environment. We really shine. We can shut that all down clean. We can bring that back up. We can do it's called load shedding. So we can shut your non-critical VMs down and keep your, your critical ones up, extending runtime. Uh, if you happen to be replicating to a, a remote location, we can initiate the replication and reverse the whole process once power is restored, which is um, something that will really opens people's eyes. Um, they are working in that data center environment and they're responsible for the virtualized environment to know that, you know, you can shut that down clean and bring it back up. That carries a lot of weight in your drive arrays. We can shut those down clean, bring those back up, 
which is also uh, huge. And and that can yeah. automatically be done based on certain criteria within the software, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so within the software, you can set up scripts. I, you mentioned a banking customer. And I've had one as well that was having issues with people trying to hack into the bank after hours from the parking lot. So, you know, what's the safest Wi-Fi? One that's off. So they wrote up a script and then we go out every night, shut down all the Wi-Fi, bring mm -hmm. it back up at, you know, six o'clock in the morning or 5.30 and problem fixed. I had a, another customer uh, movie theater when the gentleman came in to uh, turn everything on in the morning, I mean, it was very, fairly complex and they had a script set up. So it would bring up everything in sequence, which is you know, really nice and as well shut things down clean properly. So that was, that was also fantastic. That is all um, very good stuff. And um, I think it was Shelly that mentioned earlier about, you know, including us, meaning Eaton, his call in your disaster recovery planning. And that's, all types of things that should come into play when you're designing for disaster recovery. How do you want systems to work for a period of time? Then after that time, you know, you might shut down some applications that are not considered critical core components, but you're going to keep up these things that you really need to try to keep up. Extending the runtime, as Bernie mentioned. Absolutely. Is it okay if we, we kind of started talking about the nine power problems um, we mentioned the first three and Shelly talked about um, number five was over voltage and the other one was under voltage. What I would kind of like to do, let's finish out the nine just so, you know, somebody listening is not thinking, well, they never did tell me what are the nine, you know? So, <laughs> Shelly, uh, Shelly, Shelly began that one. So I'll let, I'll let her keep going. <laughs> and, and Shelly, I'll, right. tell you what, I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I know Eaton has really good reference documentation on this on the website. So I'll put a link in the show notes that will also allow our listeners to go and get additional detail. So, um, but we talked heavily about number three and um, you talked about over voltage. Can you, we just pick up and, and move on through the nine? Uh-oh. Oh, she may have dropped off. Let me, uh, yeah, I, she I, I, I can, I can, I can pick that up. So, we had we started out with power failures and sags and surges, uh, mm -hmm. so that would be our, our three series UPS, which is uh, basically a battery in a box. So you're, you're I mean, it's going to handle your surges. It has a place in your industry, you know, in your office, whether it be a wind term or or something small. I mean, yeah. Basically, a, yeah. A little bit larger than a power strip. Okay. Welcome back, Shelly. Thank okay. you. <laughs> Ernie's got you back. He picked up. He saw you disappear, and he picked up. I tell you what, I'm learning about this technology, these new stuff, and I learned how to block myself from getting calls. Every time I get a call, y'all sounded like the chipmunks, and I had to restart. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for that, but thank you. It was my way of just getting the expert Bernie on here. Everybody <laughs> likes to hear Bernie. There you we know right. it. Absolutely. Uh, so from we, we mentioned uh, under voltage and over voltage. Yes. Um, Line noise is a uh, big one as well. When you start getting into uh, your five series uh, line interactive UPS. I think I touched base on that a little bit. A line interactive UPS is uh, your second style of UPS. It's going to have some transfer time. It's between one and four milliseconds. Your most sophisticated gear is not going to notice that there's been a, a power fluctuation until you get to about 20 milliseconds or so. Uh, that transfer time is blistering fast. So a lot of times that five series product will suffice. They size, they're sized actually up to a, a 3K, a 3KVA. 
3000 VA UPS. From there, uh, let's see here, we got uh, frequency variation is one, and then uh, like switching is another. From there, harmonics, I believe, is yes. probably your final one. You um, know them by heart, sir. Well, I, I've been <laughs> doing this a while. That's, um, that's what I was about to say, Shelly. He, he's, he's been at this for 30 years. I know it. He doesn't sound <laughs> a day over like he's been in it for 10, but he's, he's a good yeah. one. Yeah, been, I know. Been, been at it for a bit. So, again, that, that nine series product is going to handle all, all nine power failures that you have, you run into. It's as clean as you can get. They're, they're, they cost a little bit more money. But again, it's it's going to be uh, um, as as clean a power as you're gonna you're gonna find. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's a lot of information, and trying to wrap it all up into one little bow is hard, right? Because if you think of you know all the nine power problems, pretty much you're looking at you know the power failure number one, you know the total loss of utility, power mm-hmm. sag, those short term voltage issues it's like somebody being sleepy after lunch right um three for those and i just like to go through these this is how i explain it because sometimes you don't have power you know experts out there you know those surges or spikes those are short-term voltages that are more than like barney was saying 110 percent or so about that normal output it's like similar to a, a me being high on caffeine as barney knows me sometimes <laughs> and then for those out in California, you may know about brownouts, right? Um, yeah. Those peak times. So that's under voltage. Uh, think of brownout conditions where there's reduced line voltage for an extended period of time. Um, it's just, it can be seconds to a few minutes, but it's common, especially during the summer. We talked about over voltage where, you know, you know we're spiking. Uh, we don't want to see any of that. The electrical line noise. It's usually due to like a high power frequency. So you may want to check like your RFI or your EMI. Um, Mm -hmm. Your electrician can help with this if you need that. We can come on site and do a power assessment. And this is where you can tell us what you're, you know, seeing. And we can kind of get a feel for, you know, how we can help size the UPS and what we're seeing. That comes to number eight, like he was talking about that switching transient, right? That's that under voltage that happens in the nanoseconds. Think of servers. Any loss there, some of the um, vendors, as we know, within Cisco and Dell and EMC, who are our alliance partners, they're, they're very sensitive to, to the power. And any disturbance in that can really cause issues. And even the harmonic distortion, which is just as Bernie was talking about, it's just that wave and it's just not, it's just not very even on the loading. We just want to make sure that we are, you know, addressing all of those uh, because it's not just power that, you know, our UPSs are supporting and not all power is created equal. And it's just keeping that in mind and keeping in mind the life cycle costs are going to be different depending on what and how the UPS is used, like battery life, the dust debris where it's at things of that nature so there's a whole lot that goes into it and power conditioning for those last few um power problems are um a good source of helping to clean up the the noises you're hearing or helping with those sags and things of that nature Um, and that's where you start getting into the true online and double conversion gps that will help protect you against all nine and as bernie mentioned it it does that because it's 
running through the batteries. It's conditioning the power <laughs> through the batteries all the time, right? So you on the output side of that UPS, it's cleaned up all of that stuff. Absolutely. I just had to get, you know, us power girls, we have to make sure that, you know, we say what we need to say. That's right. And I want you to. That's why I want you on here. <laughs> Absolutely. So Bernie knows I love to talk. So I'm going to pass the mic over before everybody's going for caffeine. Really, really, really good information. I will put a link in the show notes. As we um, kind of start wrapping up um, this episode of the podcast, there are a couple of terms that we see when we're talking about UPSs that I think is important for people to understand. And that's the watts versus kva what does it mean when a ups is a thousand va but may not support a thousand watts sure so if you if you think about it watts to kva it basically converts watts to what we call kilovolt amps and that's how we and how i am able to really size a UPS, right? So when you're looking at them, your hardware is going to say watts. You know, we're asking, you know, what is your load? You're going to give us a number most of the time in watts, right? Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about redundancy and dual power supplies and all that stuff. Again, not everyone is created equal. So basically what I do is there are power factors involved for us to calculate from watts to kilovolt amps or that KVA as our term is what we use. So, um, and there's power factors that we go between zero and one, right? Anybody who's an electrical or who has done any of these calculations before, for us, it's a 0.8 power factor. So honestly, all we do is we make a conversion that's calculated based on watts and a power factor of 0.8 in order for us to get those kilovolt amps or those KVAs. And that is what allows us to be able to size you know, a UPS. I know it's kind of difficult because watts are a unit of power that equals the voltage multiplied by the current. So one KVA is about a thousand volt amps, meaning mm -hmm. that those volts are multiplied by the amps, which equal a thousand watts. I feel like a math teacher here, right? Oh yeah, so, <laughs> but teach me now. Yeah. So <laughs> the cool thing, the difference between volt amps and the watts is considered in circuit, which has a power factor other than unity due to the inductive or the, um, the capacity of the reactants, right? I'm talking to the electricians here. I'm using your words. I was actually told to use some of these big words, so I'm using them. My daddy would be proud. So <laughs> pretty much take your watts, multiply it by a 0.8 power factor, you get your KVAs. That's how we're able to size it. We have about a 20% buffer in there to make sure that for those inrush spikes and things like that, we have room to play in there because you don't want to do 100%. If something happens and that thing were to go off, you didn't have enough coverage to support it, it's going to just go down. You don't want that. So Yeah, that's right. Yep. So I'm going to let Barna get that in layman's terms, but it's not easy. But long story short, I have a nifty conversion calculator that helps me do all that. <laughs> but for those who were like me that didn't want to, you know, want to do it manually, there you go. <laughs> well, that was, that was that was really good, wasn't it, Bernie? Absolutely. <laughs> couldn't, have, couldn't have done it better myself. Oh. I guess the one of the important things you said there is not all created equal. And um, yeah. so, you know, if you're looking at a 1500 VA UPS or 1.5 KVA UPS, you want to look at the wattage and what wattage does it support. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, that that is by far the most important thing because that's 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 what you're most concerned with, and they're, they're not all created the same. So if you look at my competitors' fifteen hundred VA unit, and you look at ours, I believe theirs is probably going to support seven hundred and like seven hundred fifty watts, seven hundred sixty mm-hmm. watts, and ours is almost a true one to one. Yeah. Um, so it's it, you, when you're comparing them and you're looking at price and so forth. You got to make sure you're looking apples to apples. Uh, I, I started to say more. You get more bang for your buck, but I don't think talking about power. I want to mention bang. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why not? But uh, yeah, that's 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 an important important distinction to make for sure. So you know, from a price point, I mean, I, I can comfortably get off this call today. I'll let you know that Eaton's not going to be beat on price. It's just not going to happen. As Shelley alluded to earlier in the call when we started out. We've been around for over a hundred years uh, in the three-phase arena. Eaton's number one globally. We're the second largest manufacturer in single-phase UPSs. The largest OEM manufacturer in single-phase UPSs. We just acquired Triplight recently, so there, there's a lot of different options you have to power your environment. Uh, if price is a, a number one concern, uh, we can certainly work with you. If it's uptime is the name of the game. I can do that as well. Yep, absolutely. absolutely. Well, man, really, really good information today. I've, I've been thinking about this episode for, for some time, and um, it met my expectation. I knew it was going to be good with lots of good information, and I really appreciate you taking the time to record it with us. Thanks for inviting us. Yes, absolutely. This is fun. We'll have to do it, it again. All right. Bernie, Shelly, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. We'll, we'll talk to you on the next opportunity, okay? All God right, Chuck, take, take care. care. All right, did you capture any notes? I'll tell you what, there was a lot of information on that podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. As you can tell, Bernie and Shelley are experts in their field, and they're passionate about what they do. I enjoy working with them and so thankful to have them join me on this episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as well. As we wrap up today... As always, remember, don't be afraid, only believe. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the His Call Technology Podcast. Subscribe to this podcast so you can stay up to date with today's business communication trends. To learn more about His Call solutions for your business needs or to listen to previous podcasts, visit us at our website, hiscall.com.